If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Did you see how much money Fernando Tatis just signed for? 14 years, $340 million. If you have a child with athletic ability, make sure that kid plays baseball. By the way, while you're at it, tie his right arm behind his back and make sure he's left-handed. Because then he might become a pitcher. I thought he was giving a shout out to Ty for a second. <laughs> I was like, how did Greenberg know? Yeah. Ty. Yeah. When Didn't I first that. heard that, I really thought he was going to say, good luck, Ty. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got stopped for a second because he paused. I was like, yeah. Wait a minute. Where's he going here? <laughs> that was nice of you guys to ask Greedy to say hi to Ty. Is there a competitive rivalry right now between Ty and Kaylee this season? Or not? Uh, or, or is it more, is it more supportive? I don't know if it's either. Indifference? <laughs> Whatever, just do what you do and watch me do they my thing? They kind of do their own thing. Yeah, okay. you know, it's uh, it's interesting. And that that's a really good question. Um, I don't know how they I don't know how they feel about that. Both, you know, made their high school debuts this week. They did. And, um, but I don't know. I don't know if they text each other. I don't know if they see each other in school. I don't even know if they say good luck. I don't know if they say nice job. Huh. I really have no idea. Uh, but I don't think there's uh, like, not yet. Uh, I don't think there's like this competitive. I did better than you, or you did. You know, I don't. It's totally different. Yeah, I, I think no, they I mean, both sense that. But uh, that's a good job uh, on parenting on your part. Because I listen. I'm an only child. But if I had like a twin sister. And it was like football season, and I'd say like I put up like you know five catches, three touchdowns, two hundred yards receiving. Big day for me. That actually happened. And like I would text my sister right after that. Hey, by the way, just dominated. Go look in your volleyball game. What are you What are you gonna do? You gonna get some spikes? What are you, What are you gonna do? In your face. That's what I used to do with uh, with my brothers. Because I'm competitive. When I would play basketball, yeah. I would text them and be like, just uh, and I was I was not good at basketball, so it'd be like, just had six points. Good yeah. luck in your swim meet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like, listen, I'm like the ultra competitive person to strangers. Imagine if I had like a twin sibling. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Now, listen, that could evolve a little bit too. I just think they've been so. They played baseball together one year. That was back when I coached them. Back in like when they were seven. Oh, what was that like? It was cool. Like they, uh, that was now that was very supportive. Yeah. And like, but they just kind of. It's almost like to, now they live two different lives, but are in the same house, even though they're in the same grade, same school, all that stuff, and even have some mutual friends, but not a lot of the mutual friends. Okay. But uh, it is interesting. That'll be. An inter- I've never, I haven't really thought about it much. Yeah. But it's not like Kaylee said, "Hey, Ty." Yeah. I did this. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Or like Ty goes over to and she's like, what the heck? Yeah. Because it wasn't it. <laughs> now, once in a while, she'll say she'll say something to him if you like, how did you do that? Like, yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? But a lot. What we'll get. See, Ty doesn't say anything. Okay. He doesn't tell us anything. Kaylee is a little bit more forthcoming with details. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to check up on Ty at like, how's he doing at practice or whatever? Well, they practice right next to each other. And so once in a while, I'll say, Kaylee. 
What time? It's like, well, I thought he had a really good at bat today. I watched him like at yeah. batting practice, and it was yeah, a good yeah. at bat. Or yeah. I saw him dive and make a play at second, or something like that. And so they'll peek over on each other's sure, field sure, sometimes. Sure, see what's up. But yeah. they, they seem That's the only details I get. That's cool. Because like I remember watching, I forgot what documentary it was, but like with uh, Reggie Miller and his sister, obviously Cheryl Miller, who dropped a yeah. hundred points in a game. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason why she dropped a hundred points in a, and I'm not exa- not a hundred points in a high school game, one hundred forty six for fifty from the field goal uh, percentage ish, whatever you want to call it. Uh, because she was in competitive, she was obviously like the ultra competitor right next to her brother, Reggie Miller. So like they went back and forth. Yeah. And I think, by the way, there is that. There is that. I just don't think it's a vocal, a vocal yeah. nature right now with them. A um, hundred points in a basketball game. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. That's stupid. That is crazy. <laughs> Although you, you say that, and I understand, obviously you got Wilt Chamberlain and, and you just mentioned Cheryl Miller. Yeah. Uh, and what's it like recently, uh, hasn't it been like Jimmer for dad or whatever scoring like 82 over in China? Maybe. And yeah. I, I just feel like if you wanted to, like if Harden wanted to score a hundred, could he? Uh, I mean, yeah, but would they probably win? No, you know, well, like I mean, that's, that's his point. point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like, you're, it doesn't allow you to. And I'm not saying like the like Will Chamberlain played out. It's kind of different game then, you know. And yeah. so I'm not saying he played outside the team to that was the game. Like get yeah, it yeah. to Will Chamberlain. Okay, yeah. I understand. Uh. I'm not saying even if Harden tried or if LeBron tried well, or if Kobe had listen. tried to get 100, could he have gotten 100? Yeah. But I think, like, if you tried to make an attempt at that, you more people could do it, even in the realm of a game. Now, you would totally just forget about whatever strategy you have, whatever offense you're trying to run, yeah. all that stuff. But I think it could be done. All right. Before we get to Brent's uh, baseball, I'm very curious to see how you're going to save baseball here. Kuz, any NBA – Kuz, you know, obviously driving this podcast – any NBA athlete right now can score 100 points in the game. Who would it be due to his skill set? Oh, well, right now, is, I guess, can I go with, like, Clay Tom- Thompson? Because he had, what, like, 60 points in, like, like 25 minutes? Uh, you, 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 yeah. need, you need someone like that who can shoot the three ball. Just, just yeah. They get on this hot streak and yeah. just can't miss. Bradley Beal had a 60-point game this year. Sure. So he's... He's got to be on that list of people that could get there. So like, yeah, you have to be able to shoot. So it's got to be a three-point shooter. Devin, Devin Booker hit seventy points last year in one yep. game. So like, it's, it's got to be a in today's NBA, it's got to be someone that just is so good at shooting a three-ball yeah. and and again can heat up so fast. Dame and do it so quickly. You think Dame could do it? Yeah. Dame time? Yeah, I think he could. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I think it's very hard to do. Well, I don't I'm want to minimize it. I'm not saying it's gonna it. ever happen. I, I'm just saying like, who has the skill set? I, I, I just think you have to play so much outside. The realm of the game it's yeah. to be able like, to do it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like with like the Westbrook argument, where like what if Westbrook would go for a triple double every game on the Thunder, but they weren't necessarily winning. So True. it'd be the same thing. Well, you could drop potentially a hundred, yes, but you might not necessarily win. Bradley Beal scores sixty points. I think he's done it like six times in his career, and they've won one of them. I do think, like I think LeBron get a triple double every game. Yeah, if he wanted I mean, to. I, yeah, I mean, he'd probably have to exert himself more than he yeah. wants to, obviously. But I think but, he could try to get yeah. a triple-double every every game. Sure. I think there were times that Russell Westbrook was, like, trying to get a triple-double because it became no, such a story. Was. No, he definitely was. You know, and yeah. so that's outside of the realm, kind of Kuz's point, mm-hmm. where he loses. All right, let's get Steven in real quick. Action okay. score shacks on ESPN 690. <laughs> wanna, how are you going to say baseball, I'm man? Get to I'm going to okay. he, He's been hanging on the Shopping line. He's the been trying here. to call in, and Kuz's been ignoring him. Yeah, what else is new? 
I know. I thought you guys blocked me and got tired of me already. Well, I oh, mean, no, man. I Come mean, on. It, hey, listen. Friday. We just can't. I mean, there's no way to do it. Yeah, it's literally impossible, Stephen, so you're <laughs> Actually, welcome. Actually, no, there is a way to put the... <laughs> well, then, better mind your P's right. and Q's. You better ask a good question, Stephen. Well, I got a uh, word uh, on Twitter that... Um, and I guess James Robinson is opening up uh, the Jaguars' eyes about looking to smaller schools. Uh, they were looking at a wide receiver at a Charlotte University at uh, six foot five, two twenty. Uh, guy had amazing numbers, and you know they're looking at a small school now. And it just thinks like, hey, maybe we can find another diamond in the rough like we did with James Robinson going to a small school. And I mean. I actually saw a little bit of tape on him. His name is Mike, uh, I believe it's Strachan, S-T-R-A-C-H-E-N. Guy had good numbers, strong hands, big-bodied guy, even though we got Colin Johnson. But it kind of made me think that, you know, they're going at least exploring all the options. That's a Division II kid, right? Yeah, Division II. Okay. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate it. Yeah, listen, that's part of the scouting process. Let's not make – Let's not say like the Jags are outliers there. I think everybody does it to a to a degree. I also think this kind of conversation sometimes scares Jags fans because it reminds them of Gene Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, and sometimes those those small school guys can turn to be great radio hosts. So but, don't sleep on those dudes just yet. But but let, remember this, okay? To be very good, you have to land a couple of lucky spots. Seattle got good with the Legion of Boom because of what they did in their secondary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because they spent a bunch in free agency to get those guys. It wasn't because they just drafted all of them. It was, I forget who it was. One was from the CFL. One was, uh, was Sherman like the fifth round guy? Uh, yeah. One of them well, back there was a fifth round guy. One of them was from the CFL. Yeah, and now yeah. I can't remember name and whatever. They, how they accumulated yeah. the legion of, of I think I think he was a fifth round. Is yeah. he a third or fifth? I can't yeah, remember, I but yeah. But, but it wasn't it was, like these blockbuster top ten Correct. to deliver what they produced. And yeah. so the point being, that happens in the NFL a lot. I mean, I, I think I saw something like a Super Bowl stat where it's like 33% of the roster in the Super Bowl wasn't even a three or was a three-star sure. or less in college. Yeah, so yeah. point being, Stephen, yeah, you find the di- – I don't think you can – rely on finding the diamond well, in the rough. But as long as you yeah. go along, if you can get a Keelan Cole once in a while, a Montel Owens once in a while, uh, now a James Robinson, and keep adding those kind of players. And if they blossom for you and they become these basically free acquisitions yeah. that you didn't have to spend a draft pick on or a lot of money on, well, no doubt that helps the strength of your roster and usually translates into success. Without a doubt. And listen, Mike, you want to talk about small school guys – I think certain positions benefit small school guys more than others. Like, for instance, if you take a small school guy at quarterback, well, there's an acclimation period, right? If you take a small school guy, let's say, at at edge rusher, uh, there could be an acclimation period, right? But I think from a wide receiver perspective, like Deontay Johnson, Toledo, all right? He's doing pretty well for himself right now in Pittsburgh. I think... If you're fast, if you run good routes, like it doesn't matter who's covering you, you're going to find a spot for you. But with that being said, regarding this guy from from Charleston, listen, 6'5", 225, ran on the track team, so you like the speed and all that kind of stuff. But, like, we got to keep in mind, when we can't jump the gun here, yes, the Jaguars interviewed him. Guess what? I predict 20 other teams are going to interview yeah, this yeah. guy. Right? So just because the Jaguars interviewed him first doesn't mean, like, they're infatuated with this guy. Now, is he intriguing because of his size and his speed and all that stuff? Well, absolutely. Um, so I hope they do take a good look at him, but, and listen, I haven't watched enough film on this dude to say one thing or another, but 
I like what I saw from Colin Johnson. I want to see Colin Johnson get some more reps. And I think right now from wide receiver, uh, you know, they have some pretty good depth there. Now, it can be better, obviously. They want to bring this guy in, so be it. I just don't know if he's going to come in and be a bona fide stud from day one. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it, and hopefully they get lucky again. James Robinson has been a great find. Hopefully he continues to be that guy, and the Jacks can continue to do that one or two times every draft cycle. That would be fantastic. All right, how to save baseball. Uh, yes. I, I saw this thing last week, and it was on YouTube. And it was really well done. It was like 15 minutes of, like, how do you fix baseball on the field? How do you fix baseball off the field? How do you fix baseball financially? Mm-hmm. You know, Fernando Tatis played a big role in this in terms of marketing Tatis. That was one of the things. Uh, salary cap in baseball was part of it. I thought, oh, really good ideas. Like, very informative and and good and debatable and all that stuff. Yeah. When we've had these debates in the past, I've suggested one thing, haven't really like labored on it very much, but when I see these kind of arguments, and the one thing that has, has driven me a little bit nuts about the changing of baseball is like the clocks and the three battle rule and the, uh, it, the get in the box, you know, though, if you watch baseball at the younger levels, there's not a lot of time in between pitches. There really mm-hmm. isn't, but somehow we get to the later levels and now, uh, it, it's like human rain delays out there on the mound or the batters call time or whatever it is, and they take longer and longer. The more, the, the further you go along, it seems like the longer the games get uh, at, at the pro level. Well, so much of this revolves around time. And the reason why it revolves around time is because we have a shorter attention span. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't been correct on this, but I always thought that maybe soccer would take off more because we know it's going to be in a two-hour window. And the way we exist in our world, we don't we three hours and three and a half hours and four hours is too long for us. So two hours, I thought, okay, well, you know, it's over in soccer. Uh, I think the hesitation with soccer to catch on is it doesn't feel like it's our game and our sport here in the United States. And it isn't. Yeah. Right. But it also they just don't score enough. I mean, if you look at the two sports that don't have enough action, it's in in terms of actual scoring on the scoreboard, it's hockey and soccer Mm -hmm. and both kind of struggle uh, in the United States. Uh, You know, hockey to a lesser degree uh, obviously has a little bit more of a footprint here. Um, So I think all those things go into it. But I think time is the biggest problem spot that and uh, lack of ability to market sometimes by Major League Baseball for for the big leagues, for the sport of baseball. And so we're going through all these different things on how to change time, time. Uh, Like I just said, the three battle rules, so we don't have to make as many mound visits and uh, get in the box and and the clocks in between innings. They also implemented the fact that you put the extra innings and you have a guy on second. And now you have that. That's right. And by the way, I don't even mind that rule so much. It made it interesting. Yeah, yeah, I kind of – I didn't – I didn't know if it was too quirky for the professional level, the big, because we're so used to that at the youth level. That's what happens, so, sure. you know, in the travel ball circuit. But I didn't mind it. And, sure. it, and it brought some interesting strategy to the game. And it obviously limited the time. But my big solution here is very simplistic. And I just, I, I think it will be very hard to do because of the old heads in baseball, if you will. Okay. I just think it's hard to wrap your mind around it. But I just believe if the, to save all the trouble of doing all those different things, just go to seven inning games. Mm. I mean, just go to. We're seeing it happen over the last couple of years because of the schedule, uh, with the pandemic. That when they played a doubleheader to get games in, they would play seven innings. Yes, it's been in the minor leagues for years. If you play a doubleheader, you go to seven innings. This year, it's going to be play a doubleheader, go to seven innings. The reason why I don't think this is that far fetched for big league baseball is one: you would shorten the time. 
And if you shorten that time, maybe you could even charge a little less at the at the gate because now you're not paying for a three-hour experience. You're paying for a two-hour experience. Yeah. That also, by the way, gets your employees out of there a little bit quicker, mm-hmm. potentially. But from a consumption standpoint for the consumer, especially for the young consumer, now you're talking about seven innings rather than nine innings. Guess where the game slows down the most? Usually in the eighth and ninth inning. Because pitching changes and things get tighter, all this stuff. So, And by the way, you're in the bullpen, so then maybe more scoring happens. The game goes probably in the first five innings this amount of time, and it balloons big time in the final four innings. And listen, uh, I like what you're saying right now because, I mean, it's less bullpen, which – when we get the, the bullpen involved Saves a little arms, bit, yes. by the way, maybe well, a health too. factor too. But I'm saying from a time perspective, when the bullpen starts getting utilized, that takes time. Well, and on top of this, we're in a modern day. This is the perfect time for this because in the modern day baseball, mm-hmm. guys don't throw more than five innings anyway. Like we're yeah. not seeing guys go past the fifth inning mm-hmm. once they because of the analytics. Once you get to the third time in the order, that's it. Yeah. So I just think the adaptation. I'll just tell you this from from. If you're a big baseball fan, uh, as I am, and now I might be in baseball a little bit different than you are now because kids are playing ball and stuff. But just go back to remember when you did play baseball. When you played baseball, you hardly ever played a nine-inning game. No. In college, we played a couple of nine-inning games, but we mostly played seven-inning games. In high school, you played seven-inning games. In summer ball, you played seven-inning games. In the the Little League level, you actually played six-inning games. Yeah. So – it is a common practice to play seven-inning games. It's an easily adaptable thing for families, kids, and really players to say, I'm used to this seven-inning clock. It's not like you're going from four quarters to three in basketball or football. Mm-hmm. That would be very uncommon, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. because nobody does it at any level. This happens at almost every level except for the professional level. And, well, now colleges have, have gone that way, too, um, in Division One, yeah. uh, they, they go that way. Uh, I, in our – in Division Two, we didn't play that. And I don't think they do now either. Yeah. I think they played seven innings uh, still in Division Two, unless you – I think we went to nine innings when we went to the World Series. I think when we got into the postseason, I think it was a – uh, and it might just been the World Series. I can't even remember it completely. But my point is it's just not that hard to adapt from a consumer, player, anything standpoint. You know what the biggest hurdle in all of this will be? The biggest hurdle if you went to seven innings is the numbers. It's the record books. Yeah. And and that is – I don't but dismiss that, that. I don't dismiss that because that's a big part of baseball. That's kind of everything, though. It's, it is. It's but, the tradition in history. But let me ask you this, okay? And, and this would okay. be my argument, and, and I think this is the best argument against my proposal of seven innings. And you got to remember now, you're talking to a guy who's a traditionalist. Like, I don't even like replaying baseball that yeah, much, yeah. okay? <laughs> so, but I will give you this argument against it. In the last 25 years especially, we have said, record books, we don't give a crap about you. You know why? Because we turned our cheek on a whole era of steroid users that – we knew what was happening, and home runs saved the game, and we didn't care. Yeah. In the last handful of years, it is readily admitted that the ball has been juiced. The ball has been altered, and that's okay to hit. So much so that the ball is being de-altered, if you will, which yeah. isn't even a word probably. Uh, no, I'm sure you're good. This year yeah. to lower the home runs again. Yeah. So, do, do all the gamer kids call it nerfed, right? 
Nerfed? Is they, that the yeah, word? Yeah, they call it nerfed and buffed. Is buffed. It? Nerfed. Yes, nerfed. I kind of like nerfed better. Like that? That's a good word. Nerfed the baseball. All right. They nerfed it. So, which means what? They de-escalated, Correct. right, the, yes. the baseball. So if we're already doing that, aren't we already messing around with the record books? Aren't we already <clears throat> screwing the numbers yeah. of, of 100 years ago and 60 years ago? This would just be a different era. And, and if you... The bottom line is, if you don't change the game, everybody says, and I actually think the game's healthier than a lot of people do, but we know they they have challenges. If they don't change the game of baseball to appeal to the younger person, that's bigger than the record books. You're talking about the health of the sport. Mm-hmm. If you're projecting the sport, and, and many of the experts believe there is a problem with the sport in projecting it, well, then let's get ahead of it. And don't worry about the record books so much anymore. Worry about bringing kids into it, growing the game. And the bottom line is our attention spans are not changing. It's not like we're going to go back to saying, hey, I want to go sit on the couch for three hours and watch this slow game where there's not even a lot of balls put in play. I just think seven innings. Again, you talk to a traditional baseball guy. I could sit there and watch 15 innings of a game. No problem. But if you're reaching the masses, I think seven innings would solve all these problems instead of these gimmicky things that we're all trying to save a second here, a minute here, two minutes here. Just play seven innings. And also, here's part of my proposal. I would play extra innings as it is through the 10th inning. Okay? Okay. And then I'd go to this Texas tiebreaker Mm -hmm. situation in the 11th. Now, if you want to go through the ninth regular Baseball extra innings and the 10th bringing the Texas tiebreaker. I probably wouldn't give you too much pushback on it, but I like the idea of going seven innings, eight, nine, and 10. You play regular baseball as long if it goes that far. These are extra innings. And then if you want to go Texas tiebreaker, this new system, if it stays, then start that in the 11th inning. So my opinion on it is this. I'm, I mean, I, I could, like, listen, I consider myself a traditionalist as well. And, like, I am a little leery to having seven inning games just because I've grown up with nine inning games. And, like, I'm not opposed to watching, I mean, listen, I should say this. I'm not opposed to watching the Milwaukee Brewers play a nine inning game. Now, what, if I turn on the TV and two random teams are playing, would I watch all nine innings? Truth be told, probably not. Unless it's a very intriguing matchup. But in terms of my fandom and what I enjoy watching, nine innings don't bother me. But, that's the traditionalist in me. And I'm not naive to the fact of, listen, and we, we may disagree here, but like I, th- I do think baseball is hurting a little bit. I really do. I think in terms of, you know, like the trending topics and all that stuff, I always feel like it's, it's far behind football and it's far behind the NBA. And I compare it to like this. College football is very traditional. Right. Like you, you grow up in your households, um, you cheer for this team, just like your dad and your granddad did before. And like, you know, this is a team that you like well, what's happened with college football attendance lately. Right. Like kids aren't really on board. Like, yeah. Some kids will go and well, with COVID-19 now. It's obviously different. But I'm saying even before COVID hit, attendance was down in college mm-hmm. football. Now you can go ahead and blame. All right. Well, because you have all access to all the games whenever you want them. You can watch them on your cell phone. Um, it costs money. You can stay whatever the reason may be. But the point is that tradition doesn't really matter that much anymore. And I get the sense the same things with baseball. Where it's like, yeah, you know, I grew up with the traditional saying, all right, the game's played a certain way. But now it's different. And I'm not opposed to that if that means that the younger generations can take part. So if I have to sacrifice two innings of baseball to have it go faster and for the next generation to be all about it, then let's save baseball. But I think that we get in a, you know, in a spiral where it's like, well, we got to keep everything the same. We got to follow tradition. 
Traditions only get you so far before the next generation is going to be like, nah, man, peace, we're out, we're going someplace else. Yeah, and this is just a different time. I'm going to give you one last part of this, okay? A lot of people have said a 162-game season is too much. And actually, my buddy John uh, just said the same thing. He'd like to get to 120 games. And it's a great point. Well, do the math on this, all right? Mm -hmm. If you go from nine innings to seven innings over a 162-game season, so you still play 162 games, but you go seven innings. Mm Well, if you do that math, that eliminates basically 36 games. So two times 162, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. So that's two extra innings, 162 games. You eliminate that. Yep. That equals 36 games. Yeah. So really you're playing like a 126-game nine-inning schedule. Sure. You get my point? I get you. So you've almost solved two things at once. Two talking points at once where you're saying, hey, there's too many games played. Well, that's wear and tear on the body, too, yeah. not just for the pitchers, but also for position players. Yeah. I tell you, man, we keep tinkering and tinkering and tinkering. It's a new wave. It's a new generation. And MLB is about ready to admit that. Like, they're about ready, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they do, well, then you could simply just solve so many problems with a seven-inning game. And I think you bring more fans because guess what? Now in the fourth inning, when a game is kind of boring in a nine-inning game, it actually takes on an intensity. Yeah. There's no drop-off. See, in a baseball game, you play nine innings. Let's be honest. That fourth, fifth, sixth inning, eh. We'll see how the game starts, first, second, third. It's like the NBA. Yeah. You want to see how the game starts? The second and third quarters, go take a nap, go watch a movie, and come <laughs> back for the fourth. Well, baseball has a little bit of that. Yeah, okay. Middle innings, ah, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, not in this situation. The yeah. intensity, the keep your attention for seven innings is so much easier because it means something. The third yeah. inning means just as much as the first inning. The fifth inning means like the seventh inning. That could be where the game changes. So... I I just feel like that is the way to solve so many of the problems if you can get by the but, traditional. I get the record book argument, but this solves a myriad of op- uh, of problems in Major League Baseball. Do you think they shorten the rosters, though, in terms of relievers? You almost have to, right? I think, listen, if the... I believe there's an economical advantage to the baseball teams most likely in this because rosters could be a little bit trimmed up from a pitching standpoint. I say could because you have to still rely on your bullpens and you also might go nine innings because we might have more tie games after seven. So I think you have to factor that in. But I think employees in the park, lights on in the park, all those things you're trimming down by like an hour, an hour and a half. That saves dollars. Yeah. And again, I think the consumer could get that back because you could lower the season ticket, the ticket to get in. Now, are you going to stop drinking after the fifth inning? Because I got a problem with that. I will say this. I got a problem with yeah, that. That's a problem. That in the seventh inning stretch could be in trouble. <laughs> that's a good point, too. We're going to take about the ball game or not? What are we doing here? Yeah. We have to reinvent it a little bit. And by the way, we laugh. Yeah. But those are the things that will prevent something like this. Happening. I mean, the, there are, those are the traditions. Yeah, they're traditions. But it's not forwarding the game by sticking to some of these traditions. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. you got doves flying and mother birds I'm, all week. I'm, I mean. t- I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Tampa was a 
very special situation where you saw all that talent. That year they were on the move from a quarterback perspective. So it, it was just a kind of a perfect storm. When you look around the NFL right now, I don't see that team that says, hey, we've got everything but the quarterback. And we've got the money to pay you. I, I just don't see that. Now, when you look at the Steelers, you know, they're having some issues, but they've got a group of receivers uh, that's still top-notch in my estimation. So, I think if I'm being, I'm looking at this team that they're going to be able to put around me and still they're going to be a quality football team. Yeah, they're going to have to make some tough decisions on some players, but hopefully if Ben says, hey, listen, I'm not going to be that decision. Let's make something happen. We can work the numbers two years, and I'll be the stopgap to helping you find your next quarterback. I think that makes all the sense in the world. I don't know who that is. Was, Hall of Famer. I was long-winded. I stopped paying attention. I'll, I'll see my Arby's is, is this, trending on Twitter. Is this the first time we've ever heard from this guy on the show? I would be willing to bet yes. I'm going to play 20 questions. Is it bigger to? than a bread box? Do you want to? I'm going to play 20 questions. He doesn't know him, though. He doesn't yeah, know the guy. There's a good chance I could mess this up, but he does go by a nickname. Have you heard of this guy before? Like, do you know him? Oh, yeah. Huh. He said, oh, yeah, like he's a Philly guy. Oh, yeah. No, not a Philly guy, but he did play for the Steelers. It's not Terry. No. No, he's got a nickname. That wasn't Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis. Was Jerome oh! Bettis. <laughs> the bus. Damn. I don't know if that counts, but it's still pretty good. Is he pull. a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Jerome Bettis, you know, I wonder how Jags fans feel about Jerome Bettis. Yeah. Because I know that I know most Jags fans dislike the Steelers, but Jerome Bettis always seemed like that fun kind of guy. Like it's hard to, uh, it just feels like it's hard not to like him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, certainly hard to dislike him. They, he always seemed to have a smile. The way he played, I mean, just obviously the boss. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, almost <laughs> just the idea that he didn't look like a professional athlete. Yeah, yeah, time, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, he didn't. No, no. I mean, like, listen, the, the way that dude ran and the mobility that he had, like, that was kind of like he's like everybody's hero a little yeah. bit. Right? Where it's like, well, if he can do it, then I – and, no, you can't do it, sir. That's It's sitting behind the bar right now drinking three pints of beer, but you think you can, so it's all good. <laughs> he reminds you of that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which – I wonder. I, I don't know. I don't have a good feel for. I'm. I'm assuming Jags fan would say I. I don't like the Jerome. But Jerome Bettis. But see, but I, I think he's a likable figure no. in uh, in the NFL. See, but in that era though, like it was Eddie George and Jerome Bettis, and I feel like obviously Jaguars fans didn't like Eddie George, so maybe there was a little appreciation for the bus more than obviously Eddie George. Yeah, true. If you pick your poison there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now obviously, you no. Know, I feel I was an Eddie George guy, but that's just because of my build when I was in middle school and high school. <laughs> Speaking of having a little, a few pops. Yes. Um, maybe being a, a shade. Little, little basic beverage. Maybe a little maybe a little popcorn. Too much popcorn. Okay. Too many cookies. Oh, a little popcorn? Okay, I thought I was talking about basic beverages. I'm what sorry. happened to the guy who weighed in 11 and a half pounds over his fight? Yeah, weight? yeah, for the UFC. Um, listen, I have, I have no idea. Um, all I know about that guy is the fact that he wanted – this was going to be his last fight at that weight division, and then he was going to move up. Well – I mean, that's a good way. And we're talking about uh, Rafael Alves, by the way, weighed in at 157.5 pounds, which is 11 and a half pounds over the featherweight limit. So, um, listen, you can't have that fight anymore because there's, like, laws in place, right? Like, usually the way this works, Brent, is if you, if you weigh over, like, a couple pounds, they dock, like, 30% in your purse, 
right? So regardless of how the fight ends, your opponent gets 30% of your, of your winnings, yeah, yeah. which is all right. You, you'd say it's fair. It's not fair, whatever. But, like, when you're 11 and a half pounds over, there's nothing you can do. Like, you're you're done. So I'm curious to see how Dana White reacts to this one. That is, uh, I said this earlier when I asked you about this, that's embarrassing, though, and also disrespectful in the sport, right? It's, to be, I mean, it's one thing to miss by, like, a pound or so, sometimes cutting but 11 and a half pounds, it's like you didn't even try. I mean, we always talk about, like, listen, I, I get people want to say cage fighting can be barbaric and all this stuff, but it's still professional sport. And missing weight, especially by that much, it's the most unprofessional thing that you can do. Really? It's the most disrespectful thing that you can do to so your opponent. So it's that big of a deal. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. E- even when guys, like, miss one or two pounds over, uh, you know, I, mean, I say guys, but girls as well, um, and, and, you know, sometimes there's excuses, right? There's injuries and things like that. But, no, like in terms of disrespect um, and bad optics, the worst thing you can do is weigh in over. Yeah, well, and I think the reason being, I mean, you know. Well, what, I'm sorry, that and steroids. Steroids, obviously, are big, too. You think, uh, you'd think just because all the effort, like, think you're fighting on March 13th. So yes. all the effort to go from, when was your last fight? Like in uh, A little bit September. September. September, yes. So you go that far and you yes. put all the training in to go yeah. to your next fight, and here it is, and I can't fight potentially because you didn't weigh in. Yeah. That's where the disrespect comes from. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, like you're, you're sacrificing your body, um, you're sacrificing time away from your family uh, for fight camp. And then all of a sudden, like, listen, and you're ready to go. You're primed and you show up and your opponent's like, oh, I can't do it. Like, that's like that's the thing with the contract, Brent. There's an agreement that you both are going to work hard, you both are going to make weight, and the fight's going to go down. And when somebody doesn't do that, it's the most unprofessional thing that you can do. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, South Beach Gary's on the line. Uh, what's happening, man? Uh, heading into the weekend. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Good, good afternoon, guys. And uh, Brent, but first of all, Brent, there's w- one reason your ideas, and I understand, but there's one reason your idea would never work. Professional sports relies too much on advertising and the advertising dollar. There's no way these advertisers are going to give up two innings worth of advertising, a lot of it being in prime time, being in the 930, 1030 window. They control too much. They wouldn't pay the uh, the revenue that they were required. It'd be too much. These uh, MLB would be losing in revenue. And Brent Marno, your re- rebuttal. Well, here's a thought on that. It's it's a good point. I I think that's a fair point. I would also say this though, Gary. If you grow the game, and this is the idea, right? The idea of this this concept is to grow the game. And so if you're growing the game and more people are watching it, then the value of those spots and everything else in the first seven innings increase incrementally to replace the final two innings uh, is what I would say. I think you're lo- if you're really losing people and you're losing people at the ballpark, well, then there's less eyes on those advertisers. If you're losing people on TV, there's less eyes on TV. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what you have to weigh. And uh, if we're all if this whole idea, this concept would be about growing the sport, well, then you're going to bring more people to the game, more eyeballs, more everything else. And I think the net result of however you want to shape it would be more dollars for the sport, for the teams, for everybody else. Right. But I think when you're talking about the the, the length of games, I think more people are more concerned about the pace of play than the length of play because it takes three hours for a football game too but the pace is a lot quicker well and you but you so, can't replace it though that's the thing like you you can't we can't start having the first baseman collide with the batter like that's that's not what we do like that's just not the sport so while while your point's a good one i think this argument that i saw on, on youtube was really good it was like 40 percent of the of uh, uh i think the pitches i think is how they worded it are either ends up in a strikeout mm-hmm. um or a home run or maybe it was a flyout. Uh, no, it wasn't even a flyout. It was like a strikeout uh, or a home run or a ball. 
That's what it was. It was three different things. Well, that means the ball's not in play 40% of the time. Yeah. Like it, there's no action. Like you're you're not making a diving play at shortstop. You're not making a diving yeah, catch in the outfield. Uneventful. Well, you already have so much downtime in, in baseball, South Beach Gary. So I, I just don't think you can ever even make up what the NFL is such a different animal in that respect because you're always going to have collisions on every play. Right, but 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 my point is, Brad, each uh, arguments against each sport. I mean, the NFL, it's the officiating. People don't like the officiating. In basketball, there's too much three-point shooting. I mean, uh, no, no, you're not going to make any point, any sport perfect, no matter what you do. But my other thing is, guys, uh, the uh, do you think there'll be a lot more one or two-year deals, Austin, with uh, between COVID and the fact that the salary cap's 180 million? There's going to be a lot of one or two-year deals in the off-season with the big names, and then they'll they'll do that and then go into free agency again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Have a good weekend. Uh, I thought I was like, kind of in like debate class there for a second. I never yeah, did that, man. but I thought yeah. that was kind of like what it was. You guys are going back I and forth a little bit. Rebuttal. You want another another rebuttal? Yeah. You should like, I'm not done. Take it this. then. No. Take it. I mean, why'd you have to go Larry Bird on him and just say, ah, oh, we're good? No, no, I'm going to de escalate the situation. Uh, to answer the, answer the question, yeah. He's right. It will be one or two year deal. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because, well, I think it's more money for the player. Well, it all depends on the guaranteed money. I think if the guaranteed money gets affected drastically, then no, then you're going to see the traditional contracts. But if not, it's still the guaranteed money, which, let's be honest, I think teams want the guaranteed money because the guaranteed money doesn't count against the what? The salary cap. Well, I think the right? the, yeah. the the uh, thought around football is that there will be one or two of these, yeah, and the uh, one or two year deals. There are more of them to South Beach Gary's point, and I think more of the reason why, the logic why, will be well. Let's hope it goes back up next year or the year after to no, what it sure. normally would, so we're not going to commit, so we don't hurt ourselves down the road. Yeah. So it's more about that. Uh, well, no, I, the, I get player, the player might get more of that money, like you're talking well, about. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I get but it, they get less security, too, no, because true. of that. Uh, and listen, and I get it's about that, Brent, but I think from a player's perspective, a lot of guys, and I get it, job security is the most important thing, right? But I think if they get a chance to get that huge signing bonus and then re-up two years later, they would take that chance as well. In In that context, it might be the best year ever for an organization to actually apply the franchise tag. True. And you know how I feel about that, though. Yeah, but... You're not wrong. Certainly that option. Well, the, the player might be getting that kind of deal anyway on the I free know. agent market. Yeah. So yeah. it might not even be that bad this year for well, a player to get the franchise. Obviously, the franchise take is one year. I mean, it, it is, it, it's that sum. It's no signing bonus. But it is, it's a large sum. So, yeah, it's not the worst thing. But you know how I feel about it? I know how you feel about it. You know how I feel about it? You feel like Bill Lambert after he gets blasted by Larry Bird. It's not, I mean, that's not going to be a button, first of all. There's no way. And second of I all. Can't. Huh? Hotkey. No, it's, we call that a button. We'll be back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN. Are we, though? We, we can come back? <laughs> yeah, give me See one Monday? thing. Give me one thing. It's not a punch. Uh, g- give me one thing. I got Bill Lambeer taking on Larry Bird. 10-8 uh, round in the first round. Second round knocks him out. Bill, like Bill Lambeer. Like, give me one thing in a minute when That's, we come back. Oh, I thought you meant. We got one more segment. Oh, we're not done yet? Oh, I thought <laughs> we were done. I was done. confused while you were doing it. I, I thought like, we were we done. Oh, I we're thought back. we were going home. Well, you can if you want. But. Oh, shame on you. Now we got more Bill Lambeer stuff coming back. All right. We'll be back. Tyler McCumber, by the way, second place out at the uh, Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Nice. What's the latest? Uh, Jordan Spieth playing well again. It's good to see Jordan Spieth playing well last few weeks. Maybe he's coming back. 
haven't really seen a whole heck of a lot on Tiger. Is he going to play at the players? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're asking the wrong dude here. I hope he does, obviously. I know you're all over that. <laughs> Tiger, what, what is Tiger Tracker saying? What is? What about Tiger? What is? Ti- <laughs> Actually, I believe that's going to be interesting. I think Tiger Tracker's done. Remember, that was at the end of last year, the whole Golf Channel move. Yeah, I think he might have got squeezed out because Tiger Tracker was a Golf Channel thing, and they moved from Orlando to up to Connecticut. And okay. I remember him saying at one point that it, I think Tiger Tracker's done, like I think he was done. Remember, pay, I, I remember saying yeah. we should get a GoFundMe for him where Tiger should just pay for him. He can't pay his way on? I mean, it was his job. I mean, he wouldn't. He got a lot of travel. Yeah, but you got a lot of Twitter followers. That's right? true. Yeah, so you're making something off that. Yeah, pay, I pay don't your own know. Way. No, I think it was well, owned well, by, my well, point being, I think it was, let's see the Tiger tracker. Let's see when the last time he said something. Uh, November 15th. <laughs> off the grid. Well, I mean, Tiger really hasn't done that much. Off. We need a I tiger mean, but, tracker tracker. But on 11:15, he said, <laughs> after. "Can we start a tiger tracker tracker?" I'm gonna, yep, hey. do it right now. I'm going to reserve the name right now. Don't take my idea. Nope, we're doing a tiger tracker tracker. Hey, what? I just came. How about this? You guys, we're really doing some good brainstorming here. Okay. How about a Trevor tracker? Oh, stalkers though. Huh? Well, no, but stalkers look, though. But look, what? if we had we had helicopters following Nick Foles when he got here. What? But what would a Trevor Tracker look like? He's eating at. Uh, He's drinking coffee at some spot. I was gonna. Hey. He's eating at most. That's what I was gonna say. Hey. That's what I was gonna say. And I stopped myself, but I don't know why I stopped myself. I'm gonna do a Trevor Tracker, and during the games, I just. Trevor now has brushed his hair back on the sideline. Oh, yeah. on the sideline stuff. Here, so here's how this is going to go. You're going to do a Trevor Tracker. You're going to get a lot of followers because the Trevor Lawrence hype is real. You're going to do an interview with Trevor Tra- uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be like, hey, are you the Trevor Tracker guy? Brent's going to be like, yes, sir. He's going to go, stop that. And you're going to go, okay. And, <laughs> and that's how that's going to end. So no no Trevor Tracker, but let's go Tiger Tracker Tracker. I was going to do like something good for Give Me One Thing, but I just think I gave you the one thing. That is a good one thing. Well, I'll do one, I'll something good real quick. What you got? I want you to share the story about the kid um, that was calling the game. Oh, that's no. That's awesome. That's, that, you, that's my one thing for you. Yeah, you got to check it out. The yeah. t- Twitter. This is really cool. cool uh, Noah broadcast games from Iowa. He moved into the area like Midwest kid, Midwest tough. I like that. Cubs fan. <clears throat> and <laughs> He still loves it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he called up Luke Mirabel at Creekside, yeah. and he... Asked my, he said, can I broadcast the games? I yeah. want to be a broadcaster yeah. someday. And so he puts the games on, like, YouTube, yeah. broadcasting yeah. by himself, did yeah. football, basketball, and last night called his first baseball game. He's a big baseball fan. Yeah. And I'm sitting there behind home plate. He's up there in the press box. Yeah. And I have people coming up to me the whole time be like, you got to hire this guy. This kid's great. Dude, this kid's, he did a phenomenal job. He's really good. Here, and listen, the kid's got skills. I love the hustle. Props like it. What was his name one more time? It was Noah. Noah. Props it to you, Noah. Noah. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, though. Here's how that conversation was with Brett Martino. With Brett Martino. Noah's like, Mr. Martino, I'm a huge fan. Any advice for me? Brett Martino looks down at him and goes, stay out of my way. And then... <laughs> And then walked away. No, this is this is my show, okay? I'm running Jacksonville. I'll see you city. down the line. Actually, this is my city. What are you fighting? He's filling in for you. <laughs> right after have no March on. 13th. Yeah, let's go. Hey, have a good weekend, everybody. Make sure you check out Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 podcast and also on TV side this weekend. Action Sports Jacks primetime, 1030 on Fox 3, 1130 on CBS 47. Live, local, loud. Coming up next. Enjoy the weekend.